Welcome to the Micromobility Update from July 21st, 2022. I'm Hans Dorsch, the last episode before my little summer break. I'll be back in a fortnight. Until then, a study on the gender gap in shared scooters, new safety features at Lime, a new provider for fleet e-bikes and two reading tips. This is what happened in the world of micromobility. Before we start, if you like this podcast, recommend it and give it five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The last show featured the sharing provider DOT. They reported how the number of users has risen enormously. And with users, I mean male users, because they are the majority. To be precise, 71%. That's what a recent survey showed. In countries where DOT has been active for the longest time, like France and Belgium, the proportions are not quite so stark, but the fact is there is a gender gap. And why is that? The most important point is probably the perception of risk. This concerns the vehicles themselves, but especially the environment. I quote DOT. Some women said they had safety concerns about vehicles. However, a large majority were far more concerned about the safety of their city's infrastructure. They see the use of e-scooters on the streets, together with cars and buses, as a potential safety risk. End quote. On the other hand, they see advantages, especially at night. They consider them a safe alternative to public transport and walking because they are faster and more flexible. The study is really revealing and shows quite well that the interviewed women see the limits of the current offers and therefore do not want to use them. For example, availability and reliability are important because women often need or want to do several things in one trip. Many of the women often carry several bags or items. These are difficult to store on the current models. For all those who want to know why so many women are still dependent on cars and where inclusion in mobility is still lacking, I highly recommend the book Autocorrectur by Katja Deal. She has collected examples of people who have very different needs from those of young heterosexual men. The link is in the show notes. The book is in German, but maybe you'll find a way to translate it. So, what does DOT do as a provider? Here are three measures they outline in their blog. First, they offer riding courses for e-scooters in a safe environment. First in London, later in other markets. The aim is to give women the confidence to use e-scooters on the road. Number two, the vehicle range is expanded. E-bikes and cargo bikes are added. Number three, DOT joins the London Women's Night Safety Charter and commits to advocating for women's safety at night. There are other points too. You can read them in the blog. At electric.net, Micah Toll writes about the study. And as a man myself, I can only agree with his perception. I quote, As a dude myself, I often take for granted the fact that I don't worry about safety issues as much when it comes to my transportation choices. But it's important to remember that everyone sees the world through their own eyes, giving each person a unique perspective. 
I hadn't fully considered some of these issues, but I certainly make sense how women could weigh riding electric scooters with a total different risk analysis than I do. He goes on. I think it's great to see Dot working to bridge the gender gap and get more Y-chromosome impaired riders on two wheels. I've long felt that shared electric scooters, when properly regulated and not allowed to run amok, can be an incredibly powerful tool for making cities more accessible and reducing the need for car ownership. But if they only serve half the population, then we are only halfway there. Other providers also take care of security with training or with technology. Here's a tweet from Voy. As a part of our strategy for achieving Vision Zero, we partnered with the Technical University of Munich and the Klinikum Rechts der ISA in Munich in conducting a safety training for their medical staff with the goal of sharing e-scooter safety knowledge. Hashtag ride safe. And Lime has upgraded its technology. With artificial intelligence, of course, but why not? Let me quote from Traffic Technology Today magazine. The package is headlined by the new Lime Vision Platform, the industry's first AI-enabled computer vision platform built in-house. The initial application for Lime Vision will be Lime's advanced sidewalk detection, which can accurately detect when a rider is using a scooter on a sidewalk in real time, alert them via an audible sound and slow the scooter, preventing conflict with pedestrians and other sidewalk users. Anyone listening here has probably heard about several providers working on such systems or already offering them. What is special, however, is that Lime, as a provider, has the technology in their own hands and can adapt and expand it themselves. Another innovation is the so-called late-night rider test, which is intended to deter drunks from driving. There's no AI involved here. It's a simple reaction game on the screen of the scooter. Man, that things like these are necessary, but if it helps to stop careless people from putting themselves and others in danger, that's fine. I'd like to see something like that built into cars. No more, carry me to the car, I'll drive you home. News from the Eurobike will probably show up here for a while. Yesterday, VeloBiz.de wrote, Yadia enters the e-bike fleet business. I quote from the report, In the field of development and production of electric two-wheeled vehicles, Yadia is one of the world's leading companies. At the Eurobike, Yadia presented an e-bike on which a German software company lent a hand. The cooperation partners Wunder Mobility from Hamburg as specialist for technologies when it comes to vehicle sharing. The resulting Wunder e-bike is specially designed for use in fleet operations and is intended to enable efficient operation and scaling of the business. Equipped with a replaceable 36-volt 20 ampere hour battery that provides a range of 110 km and a top speed of 25 km per hour, the bike is powered by a 250-watt motor and features built-in IoT connectivity and smart locking. 
I can add my two cents here as well, as I saw the bike at Micromobility Amsterdam a few weeks ago. And I can say even more about it. Namely, Wunder didn't just lend a hand with the software, but with the entire bicycle concept. They've placed great emphasis on building a bike that corresponds to modern e-bikes that you can buy privately, and yet can stand up the rigors of everyday rental. From a short test, I can say... The bike is very light, rides safely and agilely, also fits tall people and brakes super. You can also get in touch with the idea in Germany now as they have a new operations center in Eschborn near Frankfurt, Germany. I have two reading tips for you at the end. Number one is Bike Biz Backstage. Every one or two months, bike industry journalist Laurens van Rooyen summarizes the industry news for MTB News DE. I can't feature everything here, so this is a very interesting read. You'll have to throw it into a translator if you can't read German, but that will be fine. Number two is called Why Mobility Startups Should Take a Hard Look at Japan. You'll find it at crunchbase.com. One reason for this is that regulations are changing for micromobility there. So there are new chances for companies for staking their claims. So that's it for today. We'll hear again in two weeks because next week is holidays for me. And once again, as a reminder, like and subscribe. So give the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you haven't already, subscribe so that the next episode automatically lands in your inbox.